But you can't have development, you can't have a quality of life without affordable, reliable electricity. And so that has been a great part of my motivation to be here in the state legislature. Utah is renowned for its all-of-the-above energy approach that welcomes traditional and renewable energy sources, as well as new and innovative energy systems. We want to ensure that generations of Utahns can continue to enjoy reliable, affordable, and dispatchable power now and into the future. Joining us in this episode to discuss his proposed legislation to create a statewide energy plan and accompanying policy is Representative Colin Jack. Representative, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. Now, Representative, you work in the energy sector for a living, so you're probably a lot more up to speed on the energy problems and challenges that the state is facing than even the rest of us. Can you give us a a brief overview of what exactly are those challenges that the state of Utah is facing, and how can the state begin to address some of these problems? Okay, well, so some of the challenges we're facing is that Utah is not an island, not electrically and not physically, but we are interconnected with the entire Western United States. And we're part of the same electricity market as California and the other surrounding states. And so every decision that they make affects us. So as we strive to have the most reliable and most affordable energy prices, some of our neighbors are taking a different tack And their decisions creates shortages in the market, which then, by the very characteristics of a market, raises prices. And it raises prices to Utahns by creating a scarcity. Mm. So our challenge is to make sure that we have enough capacity, not only to serve our own load, but to serve the market in which we're interconnected so that we're not faced with a scarcity. Because a scarcity anywhere in the Western United States creates a scarcity for us. Now, you have an upcoming bill that would create a statewide energy plan for Utah. Can you tell us a little about what that bill does and how that seeks to address some of these challenges that we're facing on the interstate and national level? Right. So that's uh, HB 48, and that came out of a legislative audit of the Office of Energy Development, and it highlighted that audit, highlighted some things that could be improved. And so we've created this bill to address those issues. And one of the things that we've identified in this bill that that needs to be done is to create a statewide energy plan. And that's energy, not only electricity, but also heating fuels and transportation fuels. So essentially, what are our supplies? What are our demands? Do we have enough in each area? And what are we going to need looking out into the future. So this energy plan will be for 30 years out. Then that energy plan will become a tool that not only policymakers can refer to in how do we allocate our precious research and development funds, but also industry can look at and see, oh, well, where are there some holes in the supply? Where are market opportunities? Hopefully then that becomes a useful tool for the entire state in setting policy and for industry to make their investments. Our energy plan will be based on meeting the needs of our residents. And it's incumbent upon us to meet those needs. Other states have other priorities, which are maybe not based on the needs of their residents or their industries. 
which is part of the reason a lot of industries are coming to Utah, because they appreciate how we're prioritizing their well-being as well as that of our citizens. And we're not compromising on air quality at all. If you look at the air quality that comes out, say, of a coal-fired power plant, right? That's one of the most controversial things. We have a series of filters and environmental devices in the emissions track that filter the air to the point that the air coming out with the steam is cleaner than the air that is sucked in for the combustion chamber. So think of a big giant air filter that then also makes electricity. So the air quality today is better than it was 50 odd years ago. So we're not compromising air quality to have a quality of life, an affordable quality of life. We believe very much in being good stewards of our environment and at the same time providing critical, critical supplies for our residents. Now, this state energy plan, this is one of several energy bills that you were running this session. Can you give us a brief overview of some of the other issues that you are championing throughout this legislative session? Yes, thank you. So besides the state energy plan, I've been working on another bill that will revise the state energy policy. That bill is out for numbering. We'll know its number here soon. But if you look at our state energy policy, we have an all of the above policy, as you said in the introduction, and the policy has a little bit of everything in it. So it's a little bit like a runover lizard that, you know, you see all the parts are there, but they're in no particular order. So what we've done in this bill is we've put things into order and prioritized them and offered some definitions and explanations and amplifications so that then someone who's, say, not an energy professional could look at that and then have some good guidance about what are the state priorities with regard to energy. So when you say all of these different pieces of this state energy policy, what are those different pieces? Yeah, excellent. When we talk about all of the above, we have different kinds of energy. You mentioned in the introduction, we have dispatchable baseload electricity. We have intermittent energy resources. And we have developing resources that could become major players in the future, but are not yet. They're not yet uh, utility scale. So we've explained that in the policy. And we've also directed what kinds of things we should be working on as a state, not by particular type of energy, but in concept of the things we're looking for, right? We're looking for adequate and reliable and dispatchable, you know, sustainable and clean. Those are all things, attributes we're looking for. And one of the other parts was already in state code is it was part of the energy policy that our schools should be educating our children and grandchildren on energy, both, you know, how it works, where we get it, where it comes from, how we use it. Well, now we have clarified that that's also part of the Office of Energy Development to help develop and disseminate that curriculum. So my other bill is HB 191, and what it simply does is it instructs that the Public Service Commission, when reviewing integrated resource plans from our regulated utilities, that they cannot approve the premature demolition of any dispatchable resources 
until a replacement resource has been constructed and is online of equal or greater attributes. So that will ensure that Utahns continue to have reliable and affordable electricity into the future. Mm-hmm. And really preventing that deficit of energy that we might be seeing in some other states where yes. we're rolling brownouts and, and blackouts and stuff. Absolutely. Like you know, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation has issued a warning now for the last several years that all across America we are short of electricity capacity. And here in the Western United States, we're under code orange. And east of us in the Midwest, they're in code red. You know, famously, California was having rolling blackouts in 2019 in the summer when they were over-dependent on wind and solar. Similarly, Texas had rolling blackouts famously in the winter of 2021 because they were over-dependent on wind and natural gas. But also, there's another dozen or so states that have been having rolling blackouts all across the country, and you don't hear about that so much. I don't know why that's not big news. I think if I had rolling blackouts in my power company, I I might get tarred and feathered and my house burnt down. (laughs) But the point is, is here in Utah, we want to keep the lights on, and we want to make sure that before we take down a power plant that is working, we have replaced it with something of equal or greater function. And, you know, that just brings back another point of how important it is to have a diverse portfolio. You can't put all of your eggs in one basket. That didn't work for England when they went all in on coal, right? Then they had a coal miner's strike. California went all in on wind and solar, and then, you know, the sun went down. Texas went all in on natural gas, and then it froze. You need nuclear and coal for a good base load. You need natural gas and hydro as a good peak-following resource. You can have wind and solar as fuel replacement resources. You need a little bit of everything to make sure that you've diversified your portfolio. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't put all of your retirement funds into one stock. We shouldn't do the same thing with our energy resources either. Well, let's talk exactly about that diverse portfolio. Utah has traditionally pursued this all-of-the-above energy approach. And as such, we have a fairly diverse energy portfolio, including solar, hydropower, natural gas, coal, and even geothermal energy, just production within the state. Can you tell us more about the different types of energy Utahns rely on, how that affects service delivery to the citizens, and what that means for the energy security of our state moving forward? Yeah. So right now, I checked on the... uh Energy Information Administration website, and the most current data is that in Utah, we have 53% coal and 29% natural gas, and then 17% renewable. We have a nice broad portfolio, and it's exactly as I was describing earlier. It's very critical that you have that baseload generation that's on 24-7 that you get from the coal. The other thing you get from coal is actual energy storage a big giant pile of coal right in the yard that's ready to burn, that is the best storage you can have. That portfolio has led Utah to have some of the most affordable prices in the country, right? We have, on average, a residential rate of about 11 cents. The United States average is 16 cents. That's per kilowatt hour. And, you know, we have some states to the left of us that are in the 25 to 35 cent range. 
If you go to Europe, where they have pursued disastrous energy policies, they not only have recurring daily shortages, but they have electricity prices in the 50 cent range. Hmm. Their fuel prices, so you know, let's say to power your vehicle, are eight times what our prices are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so important. Your energy policy greatly affects your quality of life and how much money you have left over for groceries each month. Now, Utah has some of the lowest average monthly energy bills per household in the nation. What is the Utah legislature's plan to keep those energy prices low and sustainable moving forward? Yeah, well, and that's part of the reason for the HB 191 that I spoke about is that we have a good portfolio right now that is working, keeping prices low, and we need to preserve that until somebody invents the next greatest thing something will come along that will be better and cheaper right we're not all lighting our homes with whale oil anymore because it was better and cheaper to have kerosene well we're not lighting our homes with kerosene now either because electricity came along and it was better and cheaper but we have to avoid the temptation to jump onto the latest fad something that sounds great hypothetically maybe even academically We have to invest and move our portfolio when something is proven and has been constructed at a utility scale. Utilities are necessarily very conservative by nature because we're not venture capitalists. Warren Buffett said you can't get rich investing in utilities because our job is to provide the service and it's not just to go out and flip some product and get rich. So we have to make the decisions that make the best economic sense. Now, Representative, what would you like the citizens of Utah to understand about our energy policy and what the state legislature is doing in order to preserve our quality of life? Yeah. So at the very beginning, you mentioned that I'm a professional in the energy industry, and I've been an electrical power engineer now for going on 40 years. I've spent 30 of those years also consulting on projects overseas in developing countries and bringing lights to 30 different countries, you know, from Bangladesh and India and Nepal to Yemen and Tajikistan and to Africa and South America and Central America. There's a lot of the world that doesn't have the reliable, affordable energy that we have in the United States. But you you can't have development, you can't have a quality of life without affordable, reliable electricity. And so that has been my goal of my entire career, call it for my entire adult life. And it's a great part of my motivation to be here in the state legislature to help make sure that all of the decisions we are making up here are most looking out for the needs of our citizens in Utah to provide for their energy security because that can't be overestimated to how critical that is to our modern standard of living. Well, Representative, we appreciate you and we appreciate the work that you do, especially in this energy sector. We understand that this is one of the most critical issues to get right to ensure that Utahns continue to have that high quality of life. So we thank you for the work that you do and forward to seeing how these things go over the next several weeks. We're good. Thank you.